Welcome to the Elite Life with Trisha and Kylie. This is where we'll teach you how to develop grit, give yourself grace, and succeed in real estate. We'll help you find that unicorn known as work-life balance and keep you laughing and learning every episode. So let's dive in. And we're back for another episode of The Elite Life where we talk about grit, grace, and real estate. Yes, we are. I'm Kylie, and you are Trisha. I am Trisha. Oh, we know our names today. It's a good day. <laughs> it's a good, good day. And today, we are going to totally wing it. We have no script. We are just going off the cuff, and we are going to talk about um, things maybe you didn't know. Like, there's a lot of misnomers in real estate, especially when you're a new agent. I shouldn't even say especially when you're a new agent, because I actually see veteran agents create a lot of these errors um, because it was okay back in the day when everything was okay and they don't realize they're actually breaking the law. So maybe we could call this episode How to Stay Out of Jail. Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, you've seen Liar Liar, right? Remember that Jim Carrey movie? Yes, yes, yes. The pen is red. (laughs) My favorite part is when like his client calls him and he's standing there and he's like, stop breaking the law, asshole. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly it. We're going to teach you how to stay out of jail and not break the law because honestly, it happens on the regular in real estate where um, agents are doing things that they shouldn't be doing and they don't even know it. There's, you know, the big thing is why we develop stars Academy, our partner that um, does all our commercials, is because when you get into real estate, you take this class and it teaches you what you need to know to pass the test. And then you go grab a broker and you don't know what you don't know. And so many brokers don't train agents and they don't realize that like this agent could end up in jail. They could accidentally commit fraud. Like there's so many things that could go wrong in real estate. And you may think you're doing them right because you've seen another agent do it that way and they've been doing it for 15 years but really you're just repeating the same mistakes that they have they've already done or again you just don't know what you just don't know so let's let's go over some of like I I'm a broker so I'm going to go over some of the common questions that I've been asked by new agents um and some of the common things that we get caught um that we catch for our agents and then maybe you can go through some of the things Kylie that you've encountered since you've started in real estate. Yeah, the the first thing that you caught me on was advertising, right? Yes. So here in Michigan, uh where we live, uh there's silly laws cuz I think they're dumb. But um that doesn't make them any less important because I think they're dumb. They're legal. (laughs) So when you are an agent and you're advertising yourself, your business, whatever, the law says that you have to have your brokerage's name. And it's funny the way that the, because I looked up the legislature, Mm -hmm. um, you have to have the brokerage's name bigger than yours. Yes. Yes. And, And so that's why like on my business card, I made Elite Realty, uh, 18 font and Kylie and Ryan is 16 font. It can literally be that small of a thing that can get you fined, um, things like that. The other thing for advertising that I didn't know was on our MLS, which is our multi-listing service, um, when you are putting a listing up, I didn't realize that that first picture 
has to be an exterior picture of the house. Yes. And furthermore, those pictures, none of your pictures can have your um, business's sign, logo, phone number. So you're not allowed to have any, uh, yeah, any, any recognizable logo or realtor information. So like when Dave takes pictures of the front of the house for the agents, he always takes one with a sign in it. You can use that on social media, but you're not allowed to put it in the MLS. Like the other day I was looking through listings and there was a Remax and they had the Remax logo in the bottom of every corner. That's a violation. You can be fined. And when we talk about being fined, these fines are huge. When the state finds you for something, it's, it's $10,000, $25,000. You know, the government's in the business of making money. So is the state. So is the multi-list system. Um, and I do like advertising is a great one to start out with because agents are really excited. They start a team, they get their own logo, they hit the ground running. And it's not that us brokers don't want you to be able to do that. It's that the state has decided and there's salty people in real estate and they'll turn you in. I had one of my agents, um, he had his own little logo that he loved and he made some signs that he didn't get approved by me and they were out in the world and I got a phone call and it's like, hey, did you know your agent has a sign and it doesn't even have your logo as big as his logo? I'm turning them in. And he was mad about a deal that went bad. Yeah. So then I had to have him go get all of his sign panels. I had to have him look at all of his uh, business cards. And he didn't know he was doing anything wrong. And so I ended up having, there's actually a disclosure that is from um, the Michigan Association of Realtors that breaks down all of the advertising laws. And I would just encourage everybody, just Google Michigan Association of Realtors advertising laws. And it has a two-pager and it gives you the basics because you don't want to be that agent that gets turned in for something so simple as a Facebook post, right? Like, Yeah. Ugh. I mean, that's that's a tough day. And like you said, there are salty people. There are nasty people. And um, you really just don't want to get on the wrong side. I had um, an experience before where um, I was working with with an, um, a guy who was running his team and he had a specific phrase that he used. Um, I won't share it, but um, it was a specific phrase that went along with his last name. And so um, he got a cease and desist order from another agent who had a name that started with the same letter. And he tried to say that this other agent had tried to tell my guy that he had a like a trademark or something like that on that phrase. And so my guy, <clears throat> excuse me, my guy who was super smart, super successful, basically, he I remember, I'll never forget it, because uh, I got the mail and I was like, dude, this is serious, right? Um, and he looked at it, he was like, ha! And he left. He's like, there's you. He's like, you can't you can't trademark that. Right. You can't do that. My guy ended up being right. But uh, that just brings us back to there are salty people out there. And if you're not paying attention, if you don't call Mar Legal, if you don't have a resource, <clears throat> excuse me, that you can ask to make sure that you're in the right, find one. Yes. And um, that's funny because I actually, too, when uh, when I first became a real estate broker, we had a company, Real Estate Connection, and our colors were red, white, and blue, red, white, and blue. And our sign company made us signs. And we got a letter from... Um, I forget if it was Remerica or Remax, and they're like, we own red, white, and blue. I'm like, really? I thought America owned that. You know, like it was so crazy. 
like, and by that time I had already um, rebranded and got our new name and our new colors. But I was just like, you've got to be joking me. Like it was this whole giant package of if your sign has red, white, and blue, people might confuse it with our signs. Like, dude, you can't trademark three colors. Like, especially when it's the American flag colors. And like our signs looked nothing like they were trying to say like they could be confusing to the public, blah, 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 blah. Um, So I guess I would say that too. If you ever get one of those letters, like don't trash all the stuff you've made. Like check in with Mar Legal. I'm so glad you said Mar Legal because I use Mar Legal as a resource all the time. Like even if I know I'm 100% right, here are two great examples. I actually was on the phone with Mar Legal yesterday. I call Bernie's the guy. Anytime you call Mar Legal, like, you know, you, you know, you're like checking your P's and Q's when you know the name of the guy that's right. there. So Bernie is an attorney. Bernie, the attorney, and he works at Mar Legal. And I call him and I'm like, hey, it's Trish. I got two more questions for you. And he goes, <laughs> oh. Well, and I'm, I'm usually always 100% right, but I like to be able to go back to the other agent and go, I called Mar Legal and talked to an attorney and you are wrong. And it's not because I want to be right and then be wrong. It's because... (laughs) (laughs) I just made a face for you people who are listening. I do like to be right. Um, But it also teaches them a lesson so that they're not doing the same thing that that they're always doing, right? Um, So one of them was uh, we had the buyer, the this other guy had a seller come to find out he wasn't even a licensed agent anyways, but that's a whole other story. Um, yeah. So the buyer and the seller had both signed a purchase agreement. The seller had not initialed each page of the purchase agreement. They had only signed it. And so this guy is trying to be like, no, that contract's void. She didn't initial every single page. So there's not a meeting of the minds. So I was like, I was like, no, like the contract is the contract. She signed the contract. She doesn't have to initial every page. And so I called Bernie and I'm like, I just want to make sure I'm right. Like, I guess it could be seen as there isn't a meeting of the minds. And he goes, no, unless the contract specifically says every page must be initialed, then she doesn't have to initial every page. She signed the page that has a signature saying, I agree to this full purchase agreement. That's enough. Yeah. Okay. So don't let people loophole you like, oh, they missed this one initial on the first page. Now, if it's a change, right? Like if I did an offer for 250 and you cross that off and you put 260, we both have to initial next to that right. because it's a change. But just on the purchase agreement itself, every page does not have to be initialed. Just the contract signed that it's an agreement. Only the changes have to be initialed. And people will try to use that as a loophole. Another thing, uh, while we're talking about contracts and the multi-list system, um, that comes up all the time, all the, all the time. And I teach it in training and my agents still run into it all the time. And you and I were talking about it and it's seller's disclosures. Just because somebody hasn't lived there does not mean you can put a line through the seller's disclosure and put seller never lived there. But there are some instances um, in which you can kind of do that, right? So the only two parties that do not have to fill out seller's disclosures are banks or estates. Everybody else in the whole wide world has to fill out a seller's disclosure. Now, they can fill out unknown for everything, but chances are when I bought the house, I got a seller's disclosure. 
So I know that the water works, right? right? Because I've walked in the house and the water works, right? So when you fill out a seller's disclosure, all you're saying is to the best of my knowledge, this is what's up with the house. If you don't know, you can put unknown, but you're not allowed to just cross it out and say seller never lived there. Because just because you didn't live there does not mean you know zero about the house because you were disclosed, you owned it for a period of time, and now you are selling it. You have to know something. And if you don't know anything, then you still mark unknown on all those boxes and sign it. You're not allowed to just skip it unless you are a bank or an estate sale. Those are the only two parties in the state of Michigan that are allowed to skip it. Yeah, and I've run into, especially right now, um, with all the investors coming in from out of state, overseas, who are investing in Detroit. So they're getting all of these houses from like the land bank mm -hmm. and um, things like that. And so they're trying to, you know, flip them, put money in them and flip them and say, oh, I don't know this or that. But it's like, because uh, I, I ran into this. Um, so my buyers are interested in this house. It was an investment property. So the guy, he bought it. He slapped some paint on the wall, changed out the flooring, things like that. Um, and then when we got the seller's disclosures, I noticed that on um, for water source, it said other none. And I'm like, okay, so there's no water at this house. That's fabulous. <laughs> So I called I called the list agent and I was like, hey, buddy, um, can you kind of tell me what's going on here? Because either you're on a well or you're hooked up to the city. Let's be real. Those are really the only two options for a regular residential house. Right. And um, he's like, well, there's a there's a water softener in the basement. So I didn't know I didn't I'm not an expert, so I don't know. Fair enough. OK, that's fine. But you whether your seller is an investor or not they should know what's going on there. Even if they did buy it from the land bank and the bank was like, uh, all we don't know, you went in there, you had paint on the wall, you were putting flooring in, you're telling me that whole time that your guys were in there, they never used the water, they never used the toilet? Is that what you're telling me? So don't be afraid. Again, call call your legal aid, whoever that may be, wherever you are, um, just to make sure you're right. But don't be afraid to go back and stand up for your clients and say, listen, we need this information. And I know sometimes it's hairy because you really want those clients to get the house. But the last thing you want is a pissed off client who, um, you know, that you've been working with, who thought one thing, you didn't do your due diligence, and now it's something else and they're pissed, you know? Yeah, and I love that you said that because I think that people are very scared to push back um, because they fear they're wrong. Like I was working with some clients. I was the listing agent. Buyer's agent was from another office. I could tell she was very new. The loan officer started asking for crazy things. Like the loan officer wanted the city inspection. And I'm like, no. And she's like, what do you mean no? I'm like, no, a loan officer doesn't need the city inspection. There's zero reason for me to give a loan officer a city inspection. So what? He can give it to his underwriter and then ask us to do 75 things to the house. I worked in wholesale lending. It is not an underwriting guideline to ask for a city inspection. Hmm. So I'm not giving it. So go back to your loan officer and tell them no. And if they try to push back again, tell them to give me a call because it's a no. Like I know from being in wholesale sale lending that that is not a piece of underwriting. They get an appraisal. 
their appraiser is licensed to appraise that property. If they deem that we need to get something fixed or something inspected or something like that, no problem. But at no point in time does an underwriter need our city inspection. Furthermore, the city that it's in, we didn't even need to do a city inspection. Right. The buyer could have went and signed an as is and closed out the deal. Now, I happen to have a city inspection because my seller was trying to be nice and went and got it for the buyer. But our initial plan was to close it without getting it and have the the buyer sign the as is because that's okay to do, right? So um, when I push back, the loan officer is like, oh, okay, well, there's just this part in the um, purchase agreement that says that the buyer would pay up to $500 in city repairs. Just cross that cross that paragraph out. And I'm like, okay. So we cross the paragraph out, right? Because if you give it, it's not like we're trying to hide anything, but when you give something that's unnecessary, it opens a whole other can of worms, yes. you know? And a lot of realtors think like, oh, if the loan officer says I have to get it, I have to get it. You know, nine times out of 10 you do, but sometimes they ask for out of the ordinary things because they see something. And if you push back and ask, well, why, right? It get your inner toddler self. Well, why do you need this? This seems strange. Yeah. And this deal so happened that there were multiple items that they were asking for all the way up until closing that that made no sense. It made no sense at all. And so I kept saying no. And then they kept going, okay, well, just give us this very easy thing to obtain instead. And I'm like, okay, we'll do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you brought up appraisal. So that was one thing like on the agent side, like um, I always thought that there were separate inspections for FHA mortgages, which there are not. So what I've learned is that when your buyer has an FHA mortgage, there's a separate appraiser. So there are different appraisers for FHAs as there is for conventionals. And so they there's not a separate inspection. So a lot of agents are telling their FHA clients, "Okay, so we're going to have the we're going to have the private home inspection to deal with the inspection contingency, and then we're going to have a different inspection for the FHA, and then we're going to have the appraisal." No, that's not what happens because when you have an FHA buyer, basically what they what the what the mortgage company wants to do is make sure there's not any big ticket items that your buyers are going to need to spend their money on, which is going to prevent them from making their their loan payment. So don't go out there telling your clients that there's a completely separate inspection because you're going to look like a dum-dum. That's super common too. I get that question all the time from new agents. Hey, when is the FHA inspection? And I'm so glad you talked about that because it is, people think there's this huge difference, but FHA, like you said, just wants to make sure there's nothing that is um, health and safety violations. Um, And sometimes they can get kind of crazy with that. I get picky sometimes. I had an appraiser make us put a battery in a smoke detector. And I'm like, how'd you even know there wasn't a battery in that smoke detector? (laughs) Push all the buttons. Yeah, so you know, sometimes they can get a little nitpicky, but but knowing what is expected and what isn't. And, you know, I know we talk about MyStars Academy all the time. MyStarsAcademy.com has training. And these videos were, will teach you these things so that, you know, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. You're able to watch these videos, train at your pace, and learn these things. We break down, you know, what inspections are are needed and how to win highest and best. Um, talking about some things you don't know until you don't know, we can talk about highest and best because we're 
experiencing that a lot right now in the current market. And it seemed like it lulled a little bit around the holidays, but I feel like it's back with a vengeance. <laughs> so I have mixed feelings about it. Um, I feel like with the coming season, and for those of you listening, we've got some serious air quotes here. Um, with the coming season, you hope that everything will even out because most people are like, oh, I'm going to wait till the spring to put my house on the market. And most buyers are like, oh, I'm going to wait till the spring to start looking. Um, so I, I'm hoping that it'll even out. But even so, what I'm finding is that, so we have all these tools for our, you know, competing in a multi-offer situation, which is every friggin' situation. And so you have your appraisal gap, you have your escalation clauses. What I'm finding is the sweet spot is offering to pay the seller's closing costs. Yes, buyer concessions, right? So when I started in 04, it was always, we need 6% seller concessions. The seller pays all the buyer's closing costs. And now we are teaching our agents, instead, give buyers concessions because no other agents are really, well, now we're now we're giving away all our secret sauce. But. Oh, no, <laughs> not the sauce. So offering buyer's concessions, like, hey, there's going to be two offers that are the exact same. I'm escalating to 450. You're escalating to 450. We all, both have full appraisal gap guarantees. So what's the difference maker? The difference maker is my buyer will also pay 3% in buyer concessions of your seller's closing costs. So now your seller nets more at the end of the day with my client than with the other client, right? Yeah. And I actually, um, we put an offer in last night and my clients were like, okay, well, um, cause we've lost a few mm -hmm. and, um, we, we've been talking about adding in, um, seller's closing costs. And so they were like, well, do we do a $10,000 appraisal gap? Do we do a 15,000? This house is going to have no problem appraising whatsoever. So I said, since you were planning on spending 15, why don't you do 10 for the appraisal gap and five towards the seller's closing costs? Love it. So I'll keep you guys posted on if that, that made it. Yeah. And that's super smart to do. And just for, I feel like there's still a lot of agents that don't understand the terminology and how an escalation clause and an appraisal guarantee works. So just a real quick rundown of those in case you haven't encountered them or they kind of doesn't don't make sense to you when you utilize an escalation clause. So let's say, for example, just for ease of use, we have a $100,000 listing, right? And me and Kylie are competing on this $100,000 listing. And she's, and I say, um, I'll give you $110,000. And I have an escalation clause that says, I'll be any other offer by $2,000 up to one fifty, dollars right? Well, if Kylie just says, I'll do an offer for one forty-seven. dollars well, guess what? My escalation clause then gets evoked, and now I am offering 149. So 147 plus the 2000 escalation clause puts me up to 149, right? So an escalation clause is saying, hey, I'm offering 110. But if you get any other better offers, I'm willing to go higher and beat that offer so that I win. Now, the other day, one of my, my agents called and was like, I had an agent say that's not fair. Well, guess what? <laughs> our job isn't to be fair. Our job is to look out for the best interests of our clients. So if that agent was doing his fiduciary duty to get his client the best offer, 
not be fair to everybody, then he would take the deal with the escalation clause because your fiduciary duty is your client. So Mr. Listing Agent, your job is to get the best price for your client. So you should use the escalation clause offer and escalate over top of the highest offer. Now, another thing that you can do um, that I did on my listing recently is I had, you know, 15 offers. They were all over asking. They all had appraisal guarantees. They were all very similar. One of them had an escalation clause up significantly higher, right? So we were at um, 500. This one said they'd go to 550. Now, none of my deals, none of the other offers I had in would make it escalate to 550. But I had just put the house on the market and I still had two open houses set up. And that agent was like, my client really wants it. They really want it. They really want it. Like, let us know anything we can do to get the deal done. And I'm like, you know what? I have an idea. Like, what if we call that agent and say, hey, listen, we can sit here all weekend and keep getting offers until we get one that escalates over yours, right? That we would we would use your escalation clause for. Yeah. <clears throat> but you might lose. We might get a better offer than yours that goes even higher. Or we can counter you to that 550 and you can just give us the 550. And then you don't have to wait. You don't have to worry that we get an even better offer than yours. And my client still gets the offer that you were willing to give anyways, right? right? You were willing to pay 550. You're saying you'd do anything. You're saying even if it was close, you'd go a little higher. So we know you're even willing to go higher. How about we do a win-win? We're not going to sit there for the next three days and collect offers so that we can get up to where you need to be. And you're not going to get beat by somebody else that comes in and have to go even higher. Let's just take this counter. And they were like, yeah, perfect, great good to go. Right. So that is an option too, that I think people don't exercise because they don't think to just like, if you don't ask, you can't get a yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had a similar situation. We put in an offer and the listing agent called me and was like, listen, if you guys want this, you can have it right now. But we, we had come in at like 260, uh, with an escalation clause up to 290. He's like, he was honest with me. He was like, listen, I don't have anything anywhere near 290. You want to do a flat 275 and call it a day? <clears throat> My clients were concerned though, because they were like, okay, well, that he, what he wanted to do was X out the escalation clause. Um, because obviously he didn't have any other offers up to 275. Yeah. And so, which is fine. Right. Just like you said, win-win. Um, cause my people were planning on spending 290 anyways. Right, right. Right. So my, I had to, I had to, and sometimes you have to explain things to your clients a couple different ways or a couple different times for them to really wrap around. And so I had to say, okay, you guys just, just know, um, we can let it ride and they can continue to collect offers, which might be better than yours. Right. Or you guys can pay this 275. You're getting it for less than what you, what you were willing to pay anyways. And here we go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, that was actually how I kind of learned to do that was I had a similar situation where we had an escalation clause and that agent was like, Hey, and cause you said 275. So it queued me up because his was 275. And I'm like, well, that's less than our escalation clause. And he's like, yeah, but if you want to wrap it, like, let's call it a day. And I didn't want him to do the open house the next day. Right. So. You don't, you don't, if you're getting your offer in before the open house, like I've had list agents, um, cause we'll submit an offer, you know, house comes on the market on Thursday, Saturday, they're having an open house we'll submit an offer and the agent will you know say I know your offer expires on Friday but we're having an open house so can you extend it don't be afraid to tell the list agent say what's it going to take for you to cancel these 
cancel these open houses and get our offer accepted. Tell me, have a conversation with these listing agents. Um, I remember being new. I was I was just so excited <laughs> like this, right? Um, I was so excited to just be in the game, having positive things, having deals rolling that I was not asking these questions. I was not having this back and forth. Um, so don't be afraid to call the list agent and be frank, be candid, be honest and transparent and say, listen, my people love the house. What's it going to take for you to cancel all this nonsense over the weekend and get my people in? And they'll say, let me talk to my client. And they'll go talk to the client. They'll come back to you and say, hey, uh, if you offer another 30 grand, we'll, we'll call it a day. And then you go back to your people and, you know, take it from there. Um, but that's one thing I just want to encourage everybody. Don't be afraid to have that that back and forth. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Because usually they'd rather be doing something else on a Sunday morning anyways. And with that, I have another great story, but we are going to pause. What? Pause. You're leaving me hanging. I know. So don't move. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Elite Life. Elite Life. We'll be right back after this message. Realtors. Are you so over spinning your wheels, spending more money than you're making? Sick and tired of buying leads that have already talked to six other agents? Then stop. MyStarsAcademy.com offers real estate training, coaching, and business scaling for agents and brokers. It's your turn to learn from experts in the real estate, mortgage, title, and home warranty fields. Their combined knowledge brings you over 80 years of experience, so you do not want to miss this opportunity that only MyStarsAcademy.com offers. This is your one-stop shop to learn from multiple experts in the industry in one space at your pace. These coaches have boots-on-the-ground experience and track records of success at all levels in the industry. Agents have been using this program for years to ensure they ramp up quickly, 10x their checks, and level up their real estate business. And brokers use this trusted system to train their agents, which saves them time and frees them up to do what they do best, make that money. The Agent Accelerator Program has training modules on everything you need to know from business setup and goal tracking to finding free leads and even how to leverage your social media to build a constant flow of clients. We teach you how to convert more leads, which convert to more closings and equals more money in your pocket. Plus, we offer a money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose and tons of knowledge, tools, and resources to gain. So head over to MyStarsAcademy.com today so you can start making more money now. Welcome back to the Elite Life. Business and life talks to help you get a little better every day. Here are your hosts, Kylie and Trish. And we're back. We are. We came back. Did you come back? Yes. Are they here? All right. Let's get back into it. So that was reminding me, we were talking about um, pushing back on people. And I wanted to make sure that I talked about um, inspections and inspectors. New agents. Sometimes I I hear all the time I see in these, I hate agent Facebook groups, number one. So if you're in agent Facebook groups, just get out. They're the worst for information. It's bad information. Random people saying random things. Now, anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Disclaimer. They are. They're so bad. Um, So I had this inspection, this home inspection. And so that was what I was getting at. Agents, go to your freaking home inspections. Go to the home inspection. 
pay attention. So many agents are like, I mean, I don't need to be there. Why do I need to be there? My client doesn't need to be there. That's a waste of time. Dude, mm. it's it's so important. It's so important because if your client is not there, they are not able to see with their own eyes what is wrong and decide for themselves, is it actually a deal breaker or not, right? right? If you're in the house and you are loving the house and the guy goes, well, there's not a lot of uh, life left on the roof, I as the agent am able to go, okay, um, is the roof leaking? No. Okay. So could they possibly have this roof and live in this house and nothing wrong happen for how many years? One, two, three, four. He's like, oh yeah. I mean, it, it could go a long time, but the life of shingles is this long. I'm like, are you guys cool with that? Can you budget for a roof in the next couple of years? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. Bing, bang, boom. It's fine. Right. Whereas if they got the inspection report and they're like, oh my gosh, we got to get a new roof. It's going to cost 20 grand. We got to do it tomorrow. It says there's no life left on it. Then it's like a big deal. Right. So yeah. you need to be there to mitigate these things. I had an inspection I had some clients, they bought a house out in Grand Blanc, which is pretty far out of our area. So our inspectors didn't go that far. Um, it's over an hour from here. And I had sent an email out and I'm like, does anybody in the office know an inspector? Somebody responded with some dude's name. And so I called him and I'm like, hey, he was very nice on the You're phone. like, hey, dude. Yeah. I was like, hey, you go out to Grand Blanc. I have some clients. He's like, yeah, no problem. Meet you out there. We got there. Um, it was interesting because he kind of acted like he knew me but I didn't know who he was, but everybody <laughs> knows you. I, I try to be Insta famous. Right. Um, but we, we go, we're going through the inspection. And at first I, I kind of was sitting there and not paying attention. And I started hearing him say really strange things. So I'm sitting on the couch and he goes in the bathroom and he's like, you see all this staining in here? Like the water's yellow. It's bad water. And I'm like, no, this is, this is well water. Like well water has a, a tinge to it. You know, right. it's not just clear water unless you have like a whole treatment system on it and all that good stuff. And he's like, no, it shouldn't be like this. Like, look at these stains. And I'm like, you see that all the time with hard, hard water, well water. Right. And uh, he's like, oh, and so like he freaks him out about the water, like like number one. And then he goes to the dryer and he's like, oh, the dryer doesn't work. The dryer doesn't work. And I'm like, what is going on? And I like walk over to the dryer and I like open it up. I'm like, it's an Intella dryer and the clothes are dry. It won't dry dry clothes because it's intelligent and knows to not dry dry clothes. Nice. I'm like, switch it over to the timer, hit start, boom, it's on. And he's like, oh, Trish knows how to fix all the things. And I'm like, no, you're just an awful inspector. <laughs> like, it was terrible. He did it with the ice maker on the fridge. He's like, oh, ice maker and water don't work. I like grab a cup, go over there, it works. And I'm just like, like, I literally wanted to stop the inspection so so bad. Like, never mind. Yeah. Shut it down. Like, Shut they're it down. awful, right? So I had to sit there and, like, walk around every step. But I learned a valuable lesson. You cannot just sit there in Candy Crush on your phone and let this person, like, possibly kill your deal, right? Like... The thing a lot of people don't know is you don't have to be licensed to be a home inspector. Ooh, brain explosion. Right. Every time I tell people that, they're like, huh? Because you would think, people? Yeah. you would think that to do something like that, you would have to do some kind of course, get licensed by the state, so that way you're not inspecting homes and saying, yeah, sure, everything's fine. Meanwhile, there's black mold and lead paint and you know, a stranger in the attic. Yeah, absolutely. But no, I could go, hey, Kylie, give me 700 bucks. I'm going to inspect your house. Take three photos, put it on a piece of paper and be like, thanks. 
I'm good. Okay, so we're in the wrong business is what's (laughs) what I'm learning right now. No, because the liability, like people don't understand this home inspection, if something's missed, it could cost you tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And in the world of social media that we live in, let one person slam you on social media for being a crappy agent. Oh, for you're sure. done. Yeah, you're yeah, toast. for sure, for sure. Um, so that inspection was a great learning period for me because I learned number one, never to use that inspector again. Um, number two, I learned a ton about water because that big ordeal he made over the water, we actually, and here's another thing, don't let your deal die, right? I went back to the listing agent and I explained exactly like, full transparency what happened and he's like oh no 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 he's like all of that water softener and water uh equipment that's in the basement that was just put in I'll have Brighton water come out and they will come to the house the water company and do like a full rundown with your clients so I actually the listing agent me and my clients and the water company that did all the reverse osmosis system and the water softener and all that we all met at the house we all got like a class on water to learn about um when when ice cubes come out of your fridge they have this um you know this in it and all water has arsenic in it I didn't know all water had arsenic in it so that was tiny, a new thing yeah tiny little bit yeah that was a new thing for me to learn but my clients when you say the water has arsenic and they have six kids they're like uh yeah I'm not bringing my six kids to live in an we're all gonna water. die for sure that's a scary word and yeah. most people including myself before this didn't know that there's arsenic in the water. Um, So it was a great learning experience, learning about water, learning about inspectors, but most of all, learning the due diligence of don't be afraid to push back when you know it's wrong and be paying attention. This is part of your job. Like we make, (laughs) we have one of the only jobs where like you can open a door, spend five minutes in a house and make $25,000. Like that, that just doesn't happen. Right. We take the good with the bad though, in that this deal, I probably made a dollar an hour because I had to go and clean up all these shenanigans from this dude. Right. He was like, Oh, I can't get the fireplace to work. I can't get this to work. Like it was, it was a nightmare. And like the laundry list of things that he cited were all things that weren't actually things. So Pay attention at your home inspections. Walk around with a home inspector. Make sure you go back to the listing agent and ask them if you don't know, like, is this a thing? Like, I don't know reverse osmosis systems and water softeners because we live in the city, right? Right. Um, But when I asked him, he's like, no, they're on a shared well. The community, the homeowners association takes care of it. So if they had bad water, literally the whole homeowners association would have bad water. Hmm. So that's not actually a thing. And I'm like, oh, cool. So that's the other thing. Like you can learn so much from your home inspections. Like all the other home inspections I've been on, I've learned tons of stuff. Like I've came home and been like, oh my gosh, Dave, we have to change all of our filters and you know like all of these things like you might not necessarily know that can not only help you in business but help you in your home to take better care of your home right and then dave's like you know what you're not doing this anymore <laughs> right too much i have a new project for you today oh poor dave pray for pray for trisha's husband please seriously well that sounds like a great place to wrap up i hope that everybody took some nuggets um took some notes if you have any questions or you want to explore anything further reach out to us you can drop a comment on whatever plat plat not platinum whatever platform you're listening on or you can email me uh, my email is kylie k-y-l-e-e at mystarsacademy.com i'd love to chat with you via email phone text whatever you like 
Yeah, I love it. I I get so excited when I get messages from the listeners and from agents and they're like, oh my gosh, like I learned so much from your podcast. So remember to share it too, guys. Like you may have only got one or two chips from it. You may have be in the industry a long time and do a lot of deals, but I bet there's at least one or two or maybe even five other people that could really benefit from learning some of this stuff. And the more you know, the more you grow, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's it for us this week. Come back next week for another episode of Grit, Grace, and Real Estate here on The Elite Life. Peace out. (laughs) We thank you so much for joining us today on The Elite Life with Trish and Kylie. Be sure to share the episode with a friend and drop us a five-star review so we can continue bringing you more great tips on grit, grace, and real estate. You can also connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or check out our YouTube channel, The Elite Life Podcast. We hope the ideas we share continue to help you build an empire and leave a legacy.